As soon as I pay back Twinkle Toes and put my whole family through college, I'm gone like a bird. Valky, do you have any idea how much minimum wage is? Of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of TGIF, uh, the show where we review um, popular 80s sitcoms uh, from the TGIF lineup on Friday nights. My name is Justin. And I'm Jericho. And um, we're back for another episode um, of, uh, of TGIF. Um, Jericho, what did you think of last week's episode? <laughs> uh, I think it was one of our best work. You know, I mean, let's let, let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum going. Um, yeah, no, that that felt like it felt like such a long time ago. Last week, that was like probably next. To it felt like two years one, ago. <laughs> next to episode one, I would say uh, we really had a good flow going, Just bouncing back and forth. Um, I'm uh, I'm drinking water. Jericho's drinking a a scotch. <laughs> How's that going for you? Uh, I realize how low my alcohol tolerance is. It's smooth. You know, I got like this whole speech from um, a friend of mine on scotch who's like a scotch drinker. So basically, I wanted to develop like this pa- this palate for scotch drinking. What am I supposed to do? What am I drink? supposed to... Uh... <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> well, apparently, there are like classes that you can take for scotch drinking, much like there is like for wine tasting. But I got this... Um, this kind of crash course in 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 uh, scotch drinking from a friend of mine who's like telling me that like there's different types of scotch. So like for instance, like um, Red Label Johnny Walker Red Label is like like the worst of the worst scotch. And I actually thought it was I didn't think it was like How the Black best. Label is the cheapest the, one. The Black it, no the Red Label is the cheapest one. Apparently it has to go like by ages. Is Blue Label like Blue, blue Label is the most premium like yeah. I. I mean, I can't remember the word, the number he gave me, but I think it was like, uh, people are probably going to scream at me now, but like, I want to say it's like $500 retail for one bottle, but like you can get them at duty-free shops for much cheaper than that, which is why people buy them at duty-free. Does it taste $500 good? Well, the one that I gave you was was a, um, a gold, and apparently this one, like you don't get that like, that like kind of taste afterwards. I, I would know, I would say... It tastes better than Black Label. I remember having Black You've Label. You've had Black Label before? Black or red, one of those. I do notice a difference. Yeah, like this one, like you get like this like burning sensation, but you definitely don't get that like scotch aftertaste. And for someone who's trying to develop a palate for it, it's, it's better. So um, anyways, um, yeah, so we decided to take a break from having a guest uh, host last week. So apologies 
to anyone who you offended. Um, but uh, <laughs> that was our first and last time first. having a guest. <laughs> Um, but, uh, this week we decided to, uh, to go back to the pilot episodes and, uh, and review Perfect Strangers, which was one of those shows where I normally do like a whole spiel about on Wikipedia about what Perfect Strangers was about, but I've got nothing written down. So I'm going based on memory. Um, I think it it started in 86, March of 86. All you gotta do is really watch the intro video and you're all caught up on the entire series. So we've got this guy who's leaving his family, who lives in I don't know where, and uh, and then Belki, who is coming from me folks or me me post me post. Which so if I was a if I was a stranger, I went up to him like, oh, so what show are you guys reviewing today? And we said um, Perfect Strangers, and you're like, can you give me a synopsis? And you would just go through that, <laughs> and then I would just interview him like, Justin, are you basically just <laughs> explaining the intro? They pass, they're in a bus, they're in a car, they so pass then, the Statue of Liberty. So then he's on a wagon now, and uh, he's waving by his family, and then he's on a boat passing by. Um, so, uh, anyways, let's get right into the show. Um, I don't know, is there any other banter you want to go through? Let's get into okay. it. So, uh, we get, ex- so much like all these other pilot episodes, we get like an extended version of the opening credits, which what Jericho just talked about right now, it's like you get the basically the the entire recap of of the um, of the journey of how Larry and Balky got to where they are. <laughs> so for those of you following along at home, this is episode one, season one, from I believe it's March of '86, and it's called uh, "Knock Knock Who's There." Um, the episode opens up with uh, Larry. He's looking like he's trying to enjoy a quiet evening at home. Um, he's he's basically doing like what I would do this on a quiet evening. This is before Pornhub, so who knows what he had in mind? He had he had he had pink lemonade and a bag of potato chips, unmarked potato chips, um, which were childproof. So he had some trouble getting into the bag, and he ended up just leaving it. Wanted to pop on his TV, and then there was a knock at the door, and um, it's Balky. Um, he claims that he's Larry's cousin. Oh, I, I just want to get. It is an ongoing thing I noticed with our viewing experience. Uh, the, the feed that Justin was watching had like so much jumps. <laughs> they open it, was trying to open his bag of chips, and then like Balky teleported <laughs> to the living room. To his living room. <laughs> and some punchlines just kind of like just got right into it even before the setup. So uh, Balky walks in uh, into the living room from the door and uh, he explains to Larry how long you know how he's been looking for him he's been scouring the city um, he's been on a long journey and then he basically describes um, his relationship with Larry or like how they're related in their family tree so um, I wanted to I, wa- I wanted to take a time I want to take time and actually um, walk through this so Philo, do you have a, is, you have a, a Venn diagram? I don't, I don't. But I, I so Philo, who is five times removed from Balky, is three times removed the step uncle to Larry's father on Balky's mother's side. Did you follow that all? Yeah. This would have been a great ancestry dot com <laughs> commercial. Is <laughs> me cousin Larry? Yeah, that, you know what? I didn't even think about that. That's actually really smart, huh? There you go. Um, so uh, Balky starts describing his journey of how he found Larry. Um, he's including uh, including how he looked up his father, um, Larry's father, 
um, and how he's leaving and how he left his home of Mipos, which Jericho, do you know where Mipos is? I actually looked it up on a map. Do you know where Mipos is? I was assuming it's it, they made it seem like it was some Mediterranean place, like off well, the coast of Greece or something. Well, like it doesn't that. fucking exist. That's what. That's where it it, it 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 sits. It's. I looked on a map. It actually doesn't exist. And then I went to Wikipedia. It actually is a fictional Mediterranean island that they made up, which begs the question: Why would you even? Why would you bother making up a fictional island? Why won't you just use a real one? Like, do you think uh, we're not, are we going to offend anyone who's actually living in? I don't know. Let's just say they use Mykonos or like Greece. Like, why would they go to such lengths to say? Oh, he, we're we're gonna make up an island, and that's where this guy's from. Maybe like they they want an out, so like halfway through they want to switch gears on like Baki's background. They would just be like, "Well, back in Mipos," and you're like, "Oh, I I can't, I can't contest what he's saying." Yeah. Considering I don't know where the fuck <laughs> Mipos is, that's probably uh, what they do. They so... wear shoes on their heads, <laughs> hamburgers on their feet. Uh, so. Uh, Larry, so uh, we, we learned that Balky, he got in touch with Larry's father. And essentially what happened was Larry, t- Larry's father basically told Balky to go find his son, who's Larry, who lives in Chicago. So basically, Larry's father wanted nothing to do with Balky and sent him straight off to Chicago and said, here, go find, go find my son, Larry. Um, He's a fuck up. <laughs> like, like, what is, what's going on here? Like, uh, I, I guess I don't know. He must have sniffed out Balky right to, right right from the get go, and he didn't want anything to do with him. So, anyways, the background I get from from what I was seeing on uh, Wikipedia was Larry moved from. For some reason, I, I thought when I was a kid, I thought he he uh, he moved from like New York to Chicago, which is like a lateral move. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but actually, no. When I checked the page, apparently he was like he was like from uh, Wisconsin, which. Oh, it's yeah. not Chicago, that's for sure. But if it was the case, or like what I thought when I was like, I don't know, twelve years old, I was like, why would you go from New York to Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at this point, like Balky is uh, saying that he got in touch with Larry's father, and Larry's father basically sent him off to Chicago to look for Larry, which he's now found. And I think Larry is like he's trying to be nice, and he's. He's actually just looking forward to being alone. He tells, he explains to Balky, like, you know, I'm just, uh, I've just, you know, been living with my eight brothers and sisters, and I'm looking forward to being, to just be living alone. And I think Larry, he couldn't have been nicer. Like, he's just a guy who is, who's just, you know, looking forward to just living on his own right now, living, looking forward to being a bachelor, living, looking forward to being, living that whole bachelor lifestyle. And, um... He doesn't want any unwanted or not, I guess, uninvited guests to show up on his door, which is which is exactly what's happened. So, in all this, I kind of blame Larry's father, who just kind of sent him off to Chicago. Anyways, um, so uh, Larry feels bad um, because Balky basically complies with Larry and says that okay, fine, he'll leave him alone. Larry feels bad, and then uh, he says that Balky can stay for one or two days at the most. Um, they say they they then sit down and watch TV, um, and Balky is absolutely blown away by a color TV. Any thoughts? Yeah, like what? So again, back to the Meepos things. They're just trying to they can just paint any picture of what 
you want to expect Meepos to be. Yeah, from the, this country that doesn't have So far, it's just anything. lots of sheep. Yeah, that's all we know. Sheep. Like he's a sheep herder and his father's a sheep herder and so on. So, um, uh, at the end of the scene, uh, Larry says that, uh, you know, he can, uh, or Balky said that he'll, he'll try to find a job as quickly as he can. And uh, he says that he's a professional. Larry asks, well, what kind of, what's your profession? Balky says he's a professional sheep herder. And that's the scene. So, again, um, my final thoughts on this on this one scene is that, like, Larry, he couldn't have been a super nicer guy who is just kind of being inviting to some guy who showed up and says he's a cousin. Like, this could happen This could happen to anyone. Like, a, like a guy could show up at your door, Jericho, and just say, hey, I'm your cousin from a fictional island, but why don't you let me stay with you for two minutes, you know? Uh, two days. Two days is, uh, is two days way longer than I would have yeah. offered this guy. Yeah. Um, so the next scene, uh, we open up and Larry is at work, uh, which is, is like an antique store. Is that what it is? I think so. And did you notice that it's basically downstairs from their from from their depart from yeah. their uh, from their apartment? Yeah, I think he lives above. Yeah. So and the store it looks to be like a discount store. So it's called. Um, it's I called think it's the a Ritz. it's an antique like. Um... I think people sell stuff and then he resells like them. a secondhand store. Yeah, like a pawn, not like a pawn shop, but like an antique store. Like a step above a pawn shop. Yeah. So on the on the awning outside, it says the Ritz, and it says new, used, and seconds. Have you ever bought anything secondhand? Uh, yeah, lots of things. Like what? What do you stuff buy secondhand? Stuff Kijiji, like furniture, not furniture, but like a lot of kid stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a TV for sale, by the way, on Kijiji, if you're interested. Um, Balky, Which one? Uh, <laughs> the gray one. Um, so, Balky's bummed. He's going through the classifieds. He's with Larry at the store, and he's going through the classifieds in the newspaper, and he can't find any vacancies for a sheep herder. So, Larry drops a little 411 on Balky about America, and he's like basically saying that, you know, you don't always get what you want in America, and sometimes you have to sell for something else in the meantime before you get what you really want. Um, at this point, uh, Larry's neighbor calls Larry at the store and is complaining about a mice issue that she has that in her apartment. Have, that must have tuned out. I totally missed that. So she calls him and she says, I don't know what she's saying, but like based on what Larry's responses were, it was like, don't worry, mice are, mice are cute. Think of Mickey Mouse. And she says um, that there's, I guess he said something about like the mice running up her leg. So he... he Dude, if he, have you ever seen a mouse up close? Yeah, I have. Like, I would scream, like, I remember um, in high school, I had like, like this huge paper due. And basically it was like worth like 40% of my mar final mark. And I'm like working away in the basement and I just see my perif just... Just a little something like like run across like, the living room yeah. or across the floor in the basement, and I swear I had to finish that turn that turn paper. But I was like, did you, did you turn it? In? I had to like basically like tuck in my my legs, and I was like half typing, half like looking at elsewhere. That's the worst. And it turned out it was like a field mouse. At the time, it was like a, we were in a new neighborhood, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's because like when they tear down. Oh, that's exactly. forest, right? Like, where did these critters go? That's exactly what happened. I don't care how cute or whatever it would have looked. Like. We had we had a, a mouse issue a while ago, and and I remember 
you know, you can try to be like the man of the house, but I don't know. For me, I was just like, it's hard when I'm screaming like a woman. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I froze, and my wife just like jumped into action, and I just remember freezing. That or and uh, oh, like a centipede. Yeah, oh, centipedes fuck, are the worst too. Centipedes, centipedes are the worst too. Um, so where were we? Um, uh, neighbor called about yeah. So neighbor calls about the mice, and then uh, Larry basically leaves. Balky in charge, and then that's kind of where the comedy ensues. So the Ritz has its first customer, it seems, of the day. And did you get did you get a look at what this guy was wearing? <laughs> this guy was wearing a beige-ish, grayish, grayish blazer. If we ever blazer. upload this episode, uh, we should use like for like the actual image, like a screen cap of this guy. <laughs> he looked so you can always refer to it when you're listening. He, I don't know what the hell this guy was wearing, a, like a blaze, a, 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 a beige grayish blazer with a sweater that looked like it had a call, a red collar that was attached to it, but then exploding. the collar the like, was like exploding out of the sweater and the sweater was navy blue. So I don't know if this guy was secondhand shopping or if he was going to, if he had a boat that he was running. What year was this? 84? 86. 86. Yeah, that didn't even look like 86. That just looked like a horrible choice in 86 or 2016. Um, so he's interested in uh, in buying a chair and he wants to bargain. Um, and then we kind of jump to the next scene. We're still in the store. Larry comes back and Balky's singing a Tina Turner classic, What's Love Got to Do With It? I don't get that. though. Was there a, was that tied to a joke? No. No, I think like it's just it like a punchline. I think it's just like letting the audience know, like, "Hey, we are relevant." You uh, know, we're 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 today's up to top hits. Today, yeah, we're we're aware of what we're aware of what you kids are listening to. Um, so Larry, <laughs> this is odd. Larry goes and checks the cash register. So what's going through his mind? Was he think like the first thing he does? He walks in the store and he re- and he goes straight to the cash register. So what is he thinking that? Oh, uh, took I money should, out of the cat. I, I straight up would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> First Dalkey, of all, it's an old timey register. This one's like, I don't know. <laughs> it looks like an old typewriter, and I imagine you have to pull down on some lever for the thing to open. Yeah, it was nuts. And, um, uh, like, well, Balky, who seems pretty trusting, um, is I mean he doesn't question it, but like I question it right. I'm like, dude, like seriously, like the first thing you check is the cash register. Re- Larry just realizes that uh, that there's money missing and objects from the store missing, and then that's basically where we have our plot for episode one here and um, how we're gonna find this missing cash or items. Um, so the next scene, we're back at the Ritz, and the owner, who is Mister Twin Cassetti, um comes in the owner of the store is mr twinkasetti and he's one of those reoccurring 80s 90s characters that shows up in different shows jericho do you know who this guy was yeah right off the bat when justin said wait till you see this guy and i was like is it the uh, the dad from that <laughs> jericho guessed it that episode uh, in saved by the bell when they work at a summer resort yeah that's exactly what it was, was like leah remini's dad Mr. Carosi. It was Mr. Carosi was the store owner, or Mr. Twinkasetti as it known. So I'm gonna go interchangeably between Mr. Carosi, Mr. Carosi, and Mr. Twinkasetti. Um, so Mr. Mr. Twinkasetti, he walks in the store, and he wants to know where his hat rack is. 
and the guys explain that they uh, that they sold a few items and he's surprised and um, he says that he basically he can uh, the guys say that they can pay back their debt by fixing things around the store so I know I jumped ahead there but basically the guys uh, he realizes the guy sold uh, this hat rack and a few other items and um, he what's well, this Valky guy in his head with that dude with the collar who was just like what do you say about the price tag he's like oh you Whoa. don't you don't uh, use the price tag yeah. or something it's just bullshit I've worked in retail all throughout high school yeah. and my number one pet peeve was when they'll bring up an item and I'll be like there's no price tag on here and they go <clears throat> Well, I guess it must be free. And I'm like, <laughs> go back and get another fucking sweater with the price tag, please. I want to know. How many times does that work? Though? I don't know. Like, how how, I seriously does... want to stop him and say, <clears throat> I've been asked this six times this Saturday. <laughs> Out of all of you, has this ever successfully gone down? Well, yeah. I guess I have to give it to you for free. Yeah. Not on my watch. Well, I mean, like, what are they expecting? It's like... If you, go, you the, go, sir. If you go to their job and you give them, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a. Uh, well, some sort a, of a it, yeah. Time and there's nothing. Do you remember that right story now. about Radiohead you know, a few years ago when they put out their album and they uh, they just said like name your price for the album, and surprise, surprise, I don't know, like it's like over sixty percent of the people paid nothing for it because they said nothing. They don't well, that's what they. I guess they're trying to prove a point, saying like. Um, record labels are kind of going crazy with the cost of music at that time. So they're giving their fans like the ability to name their price. Mm. So you give people that option and they could be loyal Radiohead fans and over 60% probably still said like, so can I have it for free? (laughs) And that's what ended up happening. So it just goes to prove like, um, people will always go for the lowest common denominator. So the, um, so, uh, Mr. Croce, he wants, um, he wants the guys to pay back their debt and he basically <coughs> challenges Balky and he says, if you're able to fix this radio, which looked to be from 1940, if you're able to fix this radio, then you can have a job here and that way you can pay off your debt for the, the, the items that you happen to barter with, um, red collar guy. Um, so we got to we, we got to the next scene where we're in Larry's apartment. Oh wait, I, I wrote a note for that where he's so he's challenging him to, and he shows him the specs of like this old radio. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I asked Justin to stop it because because Balky has this obviously if you've never seen the series he has this really thick like I guess a fake Mediterranean accent where he's like go to Larry and then I can't I can't do a Balky impression but what I can do is an impression of all of a sudden. <laughs> He asks uh, Mr. Uh, Twinkasetti, he's like, he goes, Balky all of a sudden just drops the accent and he's like, let me check the picture tube. <laughs> and I was like, what? what happened to the accent? Yeah, I'm, you know what? It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just, I, I had watched the episode earlier on this week and I noticed that like his accent cuts in and out. Well, I feel bad for that actor, Bronson Pinchot. Or, yeah. I don't know if, I don't, if I'm pronouncing it right. But the poor guy is like, that's probably his most popular role. And people, up until now, he's probably like, every time someone just comes up to him, like, oh my God, you speak English. Yeah. The poor guy has probably gone 40 years with people expecting him to not speak English. Jeez. Hey, man. It's like, these these guys are pigeonholed. Like, I mean, I I think we're going to, obviously, being the show is TJF, 
um, we are going to oh, be reviewing. Each one of those guys of... had a guy that's like pigeonholed. Exactly. Like, what's the like, name? Uh, Cody. Yeah. From Step by Step. You're like, hey, you're that the guy who beats his wife. Right? <laughs> Jeez. And uh, Danny Tanner, like, he'll always be yeah. Danny Tanner. And I think he tried to, like, distance himself from that, but he started doing, like, and, really uh, raunchy comedy. Uh, Urkel is always Urkel's Urkel. another example. His name slips me right now. Jaleel White. That's it. But he's just, like, yeah, I think he tried hard to get out of that. I feel that's a good thing about, I guess, shows now. It's, like, I feel like 80s shows, like, especially sitcoms, they really had these characters, like, ingrained in your head and so one-dimensional that if you were to ever move... It was kind of like a way, like if it, for the like the actual network to say, like, "Good luck getting another role playing not Balky." Yeah, because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's known to this day as Balky. I'm actually I'm gonna look him up after and find out what he's doing today. But I mean, geez, uh, it seemed like really tough for an you... '80s actor to like move out of roles if you hit the big your big role. Like it's all downhill for years. For years, I didn't know Kirk Cameron's real name. I just always called him Mike Seaver. And I was like, "Oh, there's that guy, Mike Seaver. What's yeah. his name?" Like I never do. It's name. hard I to. It, yeah, like, I Tony. can't. Remember. And none of these guys like like Tony Danza, Tony for example. Maselli. Yeah, like he, they've never moved out of that role. Yeah, yeah. So Which is I don't know. That's like sucks kind of to be an sad, 80s uh, sitcom star. Yeah. Um, so Larry, so we're in the next scene. Larry's at, in, in his apartment with his neighbor Susan, the one who had the mice issues, and he's playing Scrabble with her. Um, Balky is introduced. I don't know what the point of the scene was. Balky's introduced to Susan, and he just loses his damn mind. So is this? A, he gets a boner from the Susan woman, who's like. Is this an interest, like political. a love interest for either one of them, like down the road? Because I, I vaguely remember the first season. Do you know if like? Because I just remember they ended up marrying these two like that's the friends, only, yeah. And that was like like the whole half of the the series was basically those girls, but and they ended up marrying chick, them. Yeah, this this neighbor, um, I don't remember her at all. No, I don't remember her at all. And I think I think that she probably quietly went away when they wanted to introduce girls that were, um, I don't know, a little more entertaining. I mean, I think she she was fine. She played a she played a she played her role, but um, I don't know if they had other plans. Um, again, I don't know what the point of the scene was, but basically, yeah, it really uh, came out of left field. Like, like Larry just basically saying that he's going to help Balky by, um, by disguising this like 1940s radio with like this new portable radio. And he's going to basically put it behind the old one <laughs> and he's going to, and and this is going to solve the problem. Did he play that out, out in his head and he's like, the logistics, I don't know. I mean, it's like an 80s sitcom, but still. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the next scene, we're in the final scene of the episode now. This thing flew. Um, Mr. Croce walks in, and he is really chipper, really happy, and he basically can't wait to test the new the new fixed radio that Balky has been working on. Oh, because he he's happy because he loves to gamble, like off track betting or something like that. Only oh, one. He won. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he was pissed off about the previous day because he uh, he lost. I'm just saying, like, how how much money does this guy generate, or in terms of revenue from this? Yeah, like, well, well, going back to when he was counting the money, it was like forty five bucks, and I'm like, oh man, he must have screwed him over, and he was like, I was expecting at least fifty five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so at the end of the day, you call it a, a decent day, fifty five bucks in your register. Ugh. It's a rough day. It's a rough day at the office. Um, 
So, uh, anyways, they uh, they go and they they try the radio. And well, first of all, Balky goes and he's like, "Oh, what's this behind here?" And it's end up and it's Larry's it's Larry's radio. It's his plant radio um, that he uh, that he was trying to help Balky with. Balky gets rid of the the fake radio and um, they turn on the actual radio. And it actually, to their surprise, it actually works. So Balky has now fixed this radio from the 40s. And um, Mr. Karosi's happy about it. Larry's surprised. Everyone's surprised. Um, and then this a customer, this random customer appears out of nowhere. <laughs> he literally, oh, basically, what happened was like the music was blasting so loud once he turned on the radio that all the china and glassware shattered because yeah. the speaker was so loud. So they all duck. And when they all just rise back up, an extra character just shows up. Yeah. And he basically, he asks, he, he, um, the customer appears and he basically asks to have the radio for $500. So now Mr. Kurosi's like in love with Balky and he asks him to stick around. Um, and he seals the deal with basically tw- by Twinkosetti kissing, um, Balky's fingers, which is weird. Um, the guys then quickly realize that they just sold a thousand dollars worth of equipment for only five hundred dollars, um, and now they're basically back to square one now with Twinkasetti, who is who is really pissed at them for oh, selling. Oh, did they all actually do a transaction yet? Because once a guy said, "I'll buy it," then he just like walk away. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and then and then they get fired. So they're fired now. They got offered their quote unquote walking papers. Yeah. So Mr. Twinkasetti says, oh, "I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. I've never really heard that term." Your walking, walking papers? papers, yeah. Well, not in you're like gonna the, get your walking papers. Yeah, I mean, like, Buster. I mean, yeah, like, that's another one. Buster. Buster. <laughs> so much dated references. Um, so uh, the guys get fired. We go. We go to the next scene, which we're still now in the in. We're still in the um, in the in the Ritz in the store, and Balky is um, he rips into Twinkasetti in like the nicest possible way too, but Balky rips into Twinkasetti, and um, he demands that he gives them their jobs back. Uh, Twinkie said he returns to his office. He agrees. Twinkie said he returns. And then we get the classic Miller Boyette kind of chat at the end where Larry With and Balky. With uh, smooth sax that's right. in the background. That's right. That's right. Larry and Balky have a, have a heart-to-heart about um, how much they need each other and how much they you know would want to you know stay in touch with each other. And um, and then basically that's it. Balcony, Balky is happy to be making his minimum wage. And that's basically the punchline. And um and that's it. That's the end of the episode. So I don't know. Would you what would you think overall? Probably one of the more solid um pilots that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the show like held up. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, like we always, we joked we joked about the references and and whatever, but it's actually a pre, like there's nothing that's overly dated in terms of like them trying to be trendy. So I'm still gonna go back to like the first episode of Family Matters. Our first episode of Full House, episode one of TGIF that we watched. Um, and then also the episode one of Family Matters, which was the worst thing that we've reviewed yeah. to date. And I compare them to this one. It's like, this one held up. Well, you know well. what I, I liked about it? It's like, for a pilot, a lot of pilots in the around this era felt the need for like a pilot to be like, all at once, let's introduce the characters. Here, it was like such a small cast. It didn't seem that bad yeah whereas like here's three characters and introducing them yeah because like like we we're saying like back to like let's say family matters where they're just like 
one by one they walk in and the crowd like applauds and then they're like well i had a tough job at and then they they just explain their character then and there just beating you over the head with like yeah yeah uh, i don't know and i like i like the um I like the the movement. I like I think the pacing was good to the show. Like it moved along really well. Like I I, I was gonna say it. It, um, it felt like we uh, like we flew flew through to to the last scene pretty quickly. And Larry's character specifically, I found that he like his character evolved over the series of the show. Um, I found that maybe in the later episodes, like I thought that it almost felt like Larry was like a parent or almost like a guardian to. Balky, where you have to like babysit him in every situation, whereas, and I could be wrong, but that's what what I, that's what I, I remember off the top of my head. But whereas these episodes, like Larry was his own character, like he's just a dude who's, um, you know, uh, new to the city of Chicago, and he is, uh, he has his own job now. He's making his own money, and he's he's just his own character. So um, it was just, I mean, it was just an interesting um, to see him not in that like babysitting kind of role. I think the show stands out too out of like all the TGIF shows because it's the only one that actually wasn't like a family based. That's true. Show. That's true. So I don't know how they like how they greenlit it in terms of like knowing like this is where it's gonna air, and then this is like the audience, right? Like, would you watch Family Matter or Family Matters or Full House, and all of a sudden switch gears to watch a show like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this this show. Was it this show was a spinoff of Family Matters or Family Matters was a spinoff of this show? I think this came out first because in later episodes, Harriet was the um, uh, the elevator operator. And the they referred to her as Harriet, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. character Harriet, I guess, was the only tie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're working at a, um, at and a newspaper. And I, I think I swear there, there was an episode where like, Larry shows up on Family Matters or vice versa. Yeah, I just remember the actor who played Larry was on an episode of Full House. He wasn't. I remember him being like a real asshole. Yeah, and he was from New York. Cousin. He was a cousin from New York, so yeah. maybe that's what I'm getting all mixed up. Huh? Okay. I don't know. Did he play Larry? I don't I think know. We he should. Larry. We got to review that one or my all-time favorite Full House episode where they uh, where Rusty causes hijinks with these fake love notes. You remember that episode? Know. No. Uh, anyone out there? It's like right up there with like. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we gotta look that up. Okay. It's basically Rusty is. Uh, you know, let's say this for another. Who's review. Rusty? Danny was dating this new chick, and she had a kid already. And uh, he brings her oh, over for a weekend. And his name's yeah. Rusty, and uh, he's very unassuming. And then once the doors are closed, they find out he's such a little, little shit. <laughs> okay, so I think that's it. I think we'll probably review an episode of Family Matter. Uh, sorry, Full House. Um, next week. Yeah, or if there's any uh, anyone with suggestions out there uh, on what we should watch. How are people going to get a hold of us? We don't have no way people getting a hold of us. <laughs> uh, you, you so subscribe to subscribe, us. And, yeah. uh, then uh, that's all you need to know. Um, Unless later notified. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to mention something on my notes here. Anyway, so I forgot it now. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it for this week. Uh, for TGIF, for uh, two guys in fleece pants. Are you actually wearing fleece pants? Oh, I, I made sure to change into fleece pants. Nice. It's also because it's cold in your basement. Keep so it up with the gimmick. I have to wear the fleece pants. Um, speaking of family matters, or family matters, Full House, are you going to watch the new uh, the new Full House? Yeah. Fuller I, House? I expect to watch it over here at your house, oh. considering you have a Netflix. <laughs> a Netflix subscription. 
You 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 canceled yours? I canceled mine like six years ago. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Do they still offer like a free month I on your know. first? Because I'm willing to do that free month just to to binge watch. If I can't even binge watch Fuller House, yeah. Uh, well, I know a lot of the shows, like let's say House of Cards or Daredevil, you could like watch an entire season, right? Yeah. And, and I don't understand like how. Let's just talk about this offline. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the camera. Uh, the mic the is still recording. All right, guys. Um, enjoy your week, and we'll be back next week with another episode of TGIF. Talk to you later. See ya.